You are now tuned in to the Jags Den Podcast, the official podcast of the Jaguars Wire, brought to you by USA Today Sports Media Group, and also the number one Jaguars podcast on the airwaves. Hey, what is up, everybody? This is Phil Smith, your host, a.k.a. Phil the Filipino. Hold up, wait a minute. Y'all thought we were finished, but nope. We are back in here, man, in, in, in honor of Free Meek Mill Day. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, <laughs> what, what a time to be alive, man. What a time to be alive. And, and as always, I am joined here by the Jags Den, uh, Jaguars Wire, Guru, Mr. James Johnson, putting in that double time this week because of the draft. Jay, what's up, buddy? How are you doing? I'm good, man. Hanging in there, man. I was just thinking to myself when you uh, mentioned Meat Mill, I was like, man, we should have played like uh, <laughs> a Dreams and Nightmares tape or something at the beginning. But then again, we'll get sued, <laughs> as I mentioned They're probably before. playing in Philly tonight. Don't worry. They'll take care of it for us. They're, the Sixers play tonight, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be there. That crowd's going to be crazy, but... Man, what like I said, what a uh, what a time to be alive. But hey, uh, as I mentioned, Jay pulling double time this week. Of course, with the draft coming up, uh, he'll be out here in Dallas with me um, for 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 more draft coverage. He and Jacob did some work earlier talking about the state of the Jaguars. So that was that was awesome. So uh, we had a little bit of a hiatus, but hey, we're busy guys. Okay, we got stuff going on. Just some shiz, as I'm sure you all do, but we promise, like as we always tell you. We are the go-to for Jaguar news as well as the best Jaguar podcast out there. Isn't that right, Jay? Absolutely, man. None better. Uh, I I lost my train of thought. (laughs) 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 But uh, absolutely none better, man. You can search the web far and wide, and you're not going to find a better site or podcast than the Jags Den. Yeah, man, we got a lot of really exciting stuff for you guys coming up uh, here in 2018. But hey, we want to talk to you, talk about a couple of things that have gone on in the last couple of weeks as far as the Jacksonville Jaguars. Plenty of news to talk about earlier, as I mentioned. Jay and Jacob touched on a little bit of the state of the Jaguars and that address from earlier in the week, from last week. Um, things like the jerseys and the plans around the stadium, things of that nature. But we're going to touch on a couple other things. Uh, we want to talk about Paul Puzlesny and what he meant to the franchise as well as that just awesome speech that Telvin Smith gave um, over there on uh, Paul Puzlesny days. So that was awesome. And we also want to talk about uh, the draft. Obviously, that's about 48 hours away and uh, it's going to be crazy, guys. I don't know if uh, you've uh, you've seen what they have planned out here in Dallas, but from from what they reported, at least tw- the 26 football fields worth of things going on Jesus down there Christ. on Thursday. <laughs> it's going to be it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun and it's going to be hectic. And uh, we hope to bring you a lot of really, really awesome content and hopefully interviews and and things of that nature. So, Jay, let's get right into it, man. Um, what did you think of uh, of that Paul Puzlesny retirement, the Paul Puzlesny day? What did he mean to you as as a you know as a jaguar and what did you think about that that speech that telvin smith gave about him yeah man that speech was was heartfelt from telvin man it's it just goes to show you the bond between those two and um like like i said in one of the tweets that's kind of what you need in football like it's it's a lot of in terms of outside of football it's a lot of uh divisiveness and you know it's a lot of cultural divide this that and the other and, and Paul Puzlesny and Telvin Smith's 
uh, relationship, as they said in the in the actual press conference, you know, it's it's one that, you know, it, it just shows what can happen when two people from different, you know, different lifestyles come together. And uh, Telvin Smith, this is a guy like a lot of people were like, why is he so emotional? Why is he so emotional? Like, it's not like Paul Puzzles and he died. But people got to understand with Telvin and Paul, like their relationship is special because like Paul was like a brother to him. And if I recall, I do remember reading that Paul Puzlesny actually went to Telvin Smith's brother's funeral when Telvin Smith's brother passed. So, like, wow. that just goes to show you, like, the bond between those two. and kind of explains, like, why, you know, he kind of got choked up in the whole deal. And, uh, yeah, man, those two, man, I will miss seeing them on the field together, uh, knocking people around, man. You won't find two two better blue-collar, hard-working guys on the field together. As for his legacy, I thought about this long and hard, like, before we started the podcast. And his, his legacy means a lot to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I kind of compare it to, like, he was kind of the Teddy Bruschi for the Jacksonville Jaguars, if you will. Yeah. So, like, and, I mean, and this guy would really, like, if we're being honest, he probably would be, like, under kind of in that tier of Hall of Fame you know, recognition if he played for a good team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've so, talked like, about that before. Right, man. So, like, I mean, if you replace Teddy Bruschi with Paul Puzlesny on the New England Patriots roster, you would probably, you know, you probably hear him under Hall of Fame consideration or whatever. But, I mean, if you will, the Jags, you know, and all of the, the hard times they had kind of, you know, I guess you will kind of messed up his career. But in the end, like, he has no regrets about it. You know, he absolutely uh, deserves to be in the pride of the Jaguars. And uh, this is a guy, you know, we, we've harped on him a lot in his coverage abilities. But at the end of the day, we're going to miss him. Um, I wish we could have got that Super Bowl for him, as uh, as yeah. Telvin said. Man, like, that was the hardest part with the press conference is when Telvin said, like, we failed him. And, like, not only do the fans feel like that or, or the players feel like that, I feel like the fans feel like we failed Puzlesny. So, that being said, I mean, I would love to see him in the pride of the Jaguars. I would love to see him as a coach, too, man. I would like to, oh yeah, you know, see him just continue to have dealings with the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a guy I'm going to miss. Wish he would have stayed around one more year, but he, he said he felt it was time. Uh, as you know, players generally feel you should retire one year before – you really feel like you have to do it. And right. I, I guess that was the case for Puzz. And I wish he would have stayed around for one more year and we could have got him that Super Bowl. But it is what it is. We're going to miss him. And, uh, you know, I hope him the best going forward. Yeah, man, just to touch a little bit more on Telvin's speech. I mean, I mean, Jay, I mean, you were an athlete. I played a little bit of basketball in high school and in middle school and you really do bond with your teammates, man. That your their family. You spend what nine, ten months out of the year with them. You know, like right. this guy from from the moment that Telvin stepped into the league, Puzz has been there. And not only was as you mentioned, it was his his brother. I, I think he was his mentor. You know what I mean? And yeah, absolutely. And what a what a great um what a great mentor he had to come you know who who could you really think of better in the league than to to learn from paul puzzlesny you know and a really interesting story that i wanted to share i have a a co-worker who she is a hardcore um buffalo bills fan and they still love him up there they right. they love puzz um like i said just the way 
the way that he's he's always carried himself and what he's meant to to the community and and things like that. Um, he's he's beloved in in a lot of different places. They love him, of course, at Penn State for for obvious reasons. I've been trying to figure uh, find this out, Dre. I don't know. I've been looking it up here while you were talking. I don't know if you know where he ranks all time in tackles. I don't know if it would be very high because mm-hmm. I know he had you know he had some inter- you know some injury um, injury issues throughout the, his career. But I don't see. Any, I, I'm not sure if I see anything as far as where he lands all time for tackles in terms of like the Jaguars. No, just uh, just general. kind of in general in NFL history. Yeah, I don't right. know if he was if he was any high on that list or not. I know. Um, um, I know he was like up there with like Daryl Smith in terms of Jags history. I don't know if he was like above him or like below him, but I have to look it up. And just thinking of think of the the defensive superstars that have come through Jacksonville. I mean, you had Henderson and um, uh, Henderson and um, oh god, Stroud, Stroud, Stroud Stroud and Henderson. Um, Of course, Aaron, you know Aaron Beasley early on. this team has had some stellar, you know, uh, Mike Peterson was a, you know, obviously a huge fan right, of favorite right. has had some stellar defensive talent come through and Puzz is going to be right up there, you know, with, with, with a lot of those guys. I didn't realize until they did that little, uh, that video package form that he had so many interceptions. I mean, it's only 16, <laughs> but right. I didn't know he had that many. <laughs> yeah. Like for a guy that, cause we, like I say, we used to kill him for his coverage. So bad in coverage, and yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't expect him to have 16 career interceptions, but yeah. I, that's one that, that's what sticks out about me. Well, about Puzz to me is because like we, we used to crucify him for his coverage, but like one yeah. of my best lasting memories of him is him intercepting Peyton Manning and taking it back to the house yeah <laughs> yep and um yeah I, I you know i i got to uh didn't get to interact with him with a whole interact with him a whole lot when i lived in jacksonville you know of course you'd see him out see him out at training camp and and things like that but always seemed like a very approachable guy everybody that i've ever spoken with has nothing but glowing things to say about him and yeah i would i would definitely like to hopefully see him on the uh on, on the pride someday. I think before, before you put him in, you probably have to put in Mojo, right? Uh, right. I think Mojo gets in and then maybe after that, it's, it's maybe puzz unless you want to put Jalen in right now, which I'm okay with. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'd be okay with that. Um, right. <laughs> but I think who's up there now, the weavers, we got Baselli, Brunel and, T- and Freddie, right? That's the only right. ones. Those are and Jimmy. Smith, so, right. Did Jimmy? Yeah, it was Jimmy. That's right. Jimmy Smith got in. So that means they got to put in Keenan, right? I feel like if you put in Jimmy, you got to put in Keenan. I don't. There's yeah. <laughs> what I'm saying. There's only limited space on the stadium, guys. We can't. We just put up, put up guy. I think um, I would love to see him up there, but I think like there are a couple guys ahead of him, like Keenan and Mojo, who definitely need to go in. Um, but yeah, like I said, just as far as what he meant to the Jaguars and this uh, and the city and the community and then really the league. Um, definitely something that's that that can't be uh, um, can't be undersold. And he's going right. he's like I said, he would. I think he would definitely be a Hall of Famer if he had been in in Pittsburgh or or New England or something like or San Francisco, something like that. We you know where when um, when they were doing big things, but like, or Seattle, you know that guy. He would definitely be a Hall of Famer if he were um, in a bigger market. So it's uh, hopefully he gets the credit that he deserves. So we wish Puzz the absolute best going forward and. We definitely thank him for everything he's done for uh, for us. But um, but that is the past, Jay. Now we're going to move on 
to the future. So obviously the NFL draft is coming up here this weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday here in beautiful Dallas, Texas. You got man, Jay, you and Josh got really lucky. It's going to be like 70 degrees and sunny the entire time you guys are here. Um, our buddy Eric came out and visited a couple weeks ago and it was raining almost the entire time. <laughs> so, so, you know, it was probably well, he, because Eric was there. That's why. Yeah, that's probably yeah, He'd probably I, he, he didn't want him. You know, Texas didn't want him there either. So rain cloud followed him all the way from Florida, <laughs> the plane and everything. <laughs> but it's going to be, as we mentioned, just a, an absolute incredible sight to see. If I know if one thing about Dallas fans and how they view Philadelphia, they're going to want to do things bigger than Philly did last year. And I am not by no means a Philly supporter, but man, the atmosphere in the draft last year in Philadelphia was fantastic. So I know Dallas is going to want to do it, do it bigger. And I think that's why they're holding it inside Jerry World. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. But what we what I uh, what we want to talk about here is uh, we're pretty sure, pretty certain, unless something crazy happens, well, one of those players, one of those top tier, top five, top ten players somehow falls. I don't, I don't think either one of us see Jacksonville trading up. But do you think it's a possibility, or maybe they should look into trading back to accumulate more picks? Yeah, yeah, this is something I talked on a, a couple days ago, or it might have been a day ago, but um. Yeah, I think they should. I mean, I guess at the end of the day, it kind of depends on who on the board before you can even make that call. Uh, but I think, yeah, they should because, I mean, you look at the the positions they're targeting or we think they will target, so to speak, and what's high on their draft board. You know, you're mainly looking at guard and tight end or wide receiver. And, you know, say the Cleveland Browns call you because, you know, they, they always need help. Okay, so say let's say a team like the Cleveland Browns call you and they they offer you one of their second round picks, because if I recall, they have two or three. I think it's three. So they yeah, call so. you. They they offer you their first one in the second round. Like you, you got to be enticed to take that because like really you can you can address a lot of needs or you can address one more need uh, in the top 150 picks, if you will. So. I mean, because like the player, especially for the Jaguars, the player they would get at 29 is not that much different than the player they would get if they traded back with the Browns who have like number 32, I think, or 33 or something like that. Right. So, I mean, like it ain't like it's going to make that big of a difference. But you also add that extra pick in the one in the top 150 and uh, you can, you know, you can use that to two first round picks to address guard and tight end or guard and tackle and then address tight end in the third. Or you could just you could just kind of play around with it from that part that point on. And, I mean, the Jags don't really have that many needs. So if you add one yeah. more pick in the top 50, you know, you're really doing yourself some justice there. And um, that's just that's kind of how I feel on it. Another team to look out for is the Green Bay Packers, who they have the most picks of any team in the draft. Uh, it was – I think the Browns were tied with them, and then the Browns gave up all the picks for, like, Landry – and yeah. uh, for um, what's the quarterback they got uh, from Tyrod the Taylor? Yeah, so like that put them at like nine or ten or something like that. So like you, you can look out for the the Packers too because they're on record for saying they might want to trade up as to if that's in the first round or the second round. Um, you know, you just kind of got to keep open ears with that. But um, you you can make a deal with them as well. And you know, the Packers, their front office, they aren't going to shortchange you. You know, they might they might give you more than you that than you're willing to ask for if anything. Right. So um we'll see ultimately but um yeah I don't think it would hurt the Jags to do it because they they won't really 
they're not going to get a player that's too much worse than the player they're going to get at 29 to begin with. Right. And yeah, yeah, like you said, I think it really just depends on who's there. Um, right. I think in Mel Kuyper's most recent um, mock, he has, I believe, either five or six quarterbacks. I think it might be six quarterbacks going. So after the first four, then, of course, you're looking at Lamar and Mason Rudolph. And I really – I mean, if somebody – say say New York or somebody – you say somebody, you know, goes – say they get uh, – you know, they get Saquon or something like that early on, and then, you know, they somebody goes with Bradley Chubb or something like that, somebody who really needs a quarterback. And they you know, Mason Rudolph and Lamar Jackson are there, you know, and, and Jacksonville is just looking more and more likely where we're not going in that direction. We'll talk on that a little bit later. Right. But one of those guys, I think it's going to be – it's going to come down to a quarterback. If one of those two guys is available, then I think somebody could absolutely come up and, and want to want to trade with us. Is It's really interesting because, like you said – this is the first time in a while they haven't really had many needs uh, you know, other than what we believe is, is definitely quarterback. Right. Um, but you can find you can find a tight end uh, later. If, if the guy that you really uh, if you believe that the guy that you really want will still be there a couple picks later. Why not? Why? You know, why not trade back, accumulate more, uh, you know, accumulate more uh, picks and then you can still move around again later. If you want to trade, if you want to come up, then you can just trade them again. You know, it's not mm-hmm. that's not that that happens all the time. Right. So I, I mean, I they can have a king's ransom for the if if they like you said, if a team want to come up for a quarterback, you can have a king's ransom for that. Like you could get a lot of picks out of a deal like more than you you're originally supposed to by the draft scoring chart. Yeah. Um, say, like you said, the Giants want Mason Rudolph or somebody which the Jaguars should actually be interested who the Jaguars should be actually interested in taking or Lamar Jackson. But I feel like they're not. But since they aren't, that being said, you could just up the price to the best bidder. Like whoever wants Mason Rudolph, just blow our socks away. And whoever, come get him. yeah, come get him. You know what I'm saying? Like y'all compete, uh, throw in some extra picks. Throw. I mean, preferably you probably want as many picks from this year's draft as possible, as opposed to the other drafts. So just you know, whoever gives you the most picks from this year's draft, you take it and you run with it. Yep. I could definitely see it happening, especially with the the run on quarterbacks. I I believe the early, of course, this is you know way too early, but I believe the next year's draft class, as far as quarterbacks, is not looking as as solid as this one. This is a pretty this is pretty rare era we're in. We're we're going back to um, what was it eighty three when um, when Marino and Kelly and and uh, Elway were all drafted. I think that was you know there were six quarterbacks taken in that first round. Mm-hmm. That's what we're probably going to get here and. Three out of those guys ended up in the Hall of Fame, and the other three you've never heard of. So <laughs> it's getting so you're looking at the it's a 50 50 success rate. You know, it's it's uh, it's going to be interesting, but I could definitely see them moving back and uh, and accumulating um, some more some more picks. So what I wanted to ask you, Jay, is this has kind of been something that and um, that's kind of been on my mind. Do you feel like the front office, specifically Dave Caldwell, do you think they're under more or less pressure? Now that they kind of have an established team, of course, they're coming off an AFC championship game that they should have won. Miles Jack wasn't down. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he surely wasn't. <laughs> they're coming off this this great season. They've got a really solid core. Do you think the team is under more or less pressure to, to hit with the number 29 pick? I'm, I'm going to start by saying this now. Uh, and me and you talked about it before the podcast, but the – 
for the Jacksonville Jaguars and what they achieved last year, and, and analysts might not even see this way. The only way to go is up for them. Like it's your your bar is set on the New England Patriots at that point. You got to beat the Patriots. Nobody else really. I mean, you don't. You can't mentally say that nobody else really matters. But you're trying to get better than the New England Patriots. That's your number one goal. And right. that being said, you know, Dave Caldwell, as you said earlier, could, if he hits in this draft, set the Jaguars up to beat up the Patriots, basically, by getting the right people or the right group of, of talent in this Week draft. Week three. Yeah, exactly, man. So, like, you know, this draft, despite them picking late, could put them over the top this could be the draft where basically the jacksonville jaguars or the patriots pass the torch to the jacksonville jaguars as the best team in the afc south or the afc in general but the thing is it's hard it's very hard to do when you're picking in the back of the draft so you know i guess in dave caldwell's mind yeah this is this is a very very important draft to him and the expectations are high and i think if i recall he said this like he thinks the bar for this draft is the highest of his career. So like in his mind, he feels like he has to prove that he can hit on talent late in the draft, just as he did early in the draft. Because I mean, like make no mistake about it, you know, being an analyst and, and being a, a scout is hard. Don't get me wrong, but it's much easier when you're picking one, two, three, four, and five, you know, like right. the, the decisions you have to make when you're picking in the top five or just, just almost they, they fix themselves almost, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, it's like you almost can't go wrong when you're a top, you're in the top five. We've seen it. You know what I'm saying? Even though we, we think that the Jags should have taken a quarterback still, they didn't necessarily get last year's draft wrong by taking Leonard Fournette, you know, because he planned out to be a very good player for them. Uh, Jalen Ramsey fell to them in their lap. So it's a lot different now. And, and I Shout think out called, to the Cowboys. Thank you, Dallas, so much for that. <laughs> oh, my God, man. I can't thank them enough for taking Ezekiel Elliott. But that's another story for another time. Yep. But, yeah, like, I think Dave Caldwell really wants to prove that, hey, like, my scouting department is the best in the business. And that's whether we're picking early or late. So, from that perspective, yeah, the pressure is on. And from the perspective of them overcoming the Patriots, yeah, they probably should feel that way. So, uh, that that's where I'm at on it, at least. Sorry, this music just started playing out of this uh, mock draft that I was on. I apologize. <laughs> I don't know where, where that was coming from. Thanks a lot. Um, yeah, it's uh, like just like you said, this is this is definitely a very a, a very important one um, because you can, uh, as we just touched on a little bit earlier, you can you can find the guy that can. We were talking about this earlier. Like I said, you can separate you from being from staying where you are to to being great to being that right. very that next team. And I think. I honestly believe that they're already neck and neck with New England, to be honest with you. I mean, aside, of course, the determining factor came down to what it always comes down to, and that's Tom Brady. I mean, right. what can you say about I, – I can't stand him, but he's Tom Brady. You know, that's really what it came down to last mm-hmm. year, and the team still doesn't believe in Blake. I don't care what they say. I don't care that you you you, you extend him. I don't I don't I don't care about any of that. You didn't believe in the in the guy when it came down to it. And um, if you're not going to if, if you're going to stick with this plan, then you better pick the right guy. If you're going to be um, if you're going to be a run first team, you know, make sure you get Will Hernandez. If you want to ma- if you want to give him some more weapons, make sure you pick that that correct tight end. Um, 
Yeah, I definitely think he he wants to he wants to send a message. Think about this is I, I just kind of thought about this while you were talking, Jay. This is kind of my my comparison. The Green Bay Packers have a maybe an all time top ten quarterback on their maybe in NFL history. Would you agree with that? Maybe on their roster? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They have they've got one Super Bowl, one Super Bowl from Aaron Rodgers, and that's because they've failed to surround him with the right talent. Mm-hmm. I I believe that Jacksonville has kind of the Aaron Rodgers of defenses right now. We have a very this this window, they have a lot of young players, and of course the older guys, you know, the the Calais Campbell, Malik Jackson, of course, I mean, um, those guys older older guys, but the core is young, right. and you you can't squander this opportunity. Just like you said, um, we we can't go into this thing with a with a year to year. You gotta, I mean, it's it's such a small window, and you can't you can't have just like if you're Green Bay, you can't win one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. And you can't only you can't you got to win a Super Bowl with this defense. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just got to happen. Right. And you you got to like I said, they, I think there's still as much as much pressure now because they've done it. And the playoff turnover is so great and so heavy every single year. You got to prove that hey, this is still our division. It's not Houston. It's not Tennessee, who beat us twice last year. And thank God we didn't play them in the playoffs because I was terrified. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. terrified. I can't. I hate the Titans more than any other team, but I was terrified to play them again in the wild card round. And we may, you know, like we, I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. But mm-hmm. this year, I mean, this year is going to be different. But still, last year I was terrified. But right, yeah, I think they they got a hit on this pick. Um, I think there's still as much pressure as as ever, as ever, especially if they don't go quarterback. You know, right. I, and I think like a prime example of what they need, or or the kind of class they need is uh, something along the lines of like you know the Pittsburgh Steelers to me aren't necessarily a good drafting team but it's been some years where they've gotten some some great talent in the back of the draft and uh the New Orleans Saints kind of strike me that way so a prime example of what Dave Caldwell needs is he needs to find if they are going to continue with Blake Bortles he needs to be able to do like the Saints did and find Jim, the next Jimmy Graham if they're going to go tight in in the back of, you know, round three or round two or round one, wherever they decide to yeah. take a tight end. He needs to find the Jimmy Graham of that class who who was taken. I think Jimmy Graham was like one of the last picks in the third round. As a matter of fact, I just pulled it up. He's, he was the 95th overall pick, so that's like four or five picks away from the last pick in the third round. Right. So, and they, or they need to find a, another example, like the Antonio Brown of the draft class, who the, who the Steelers got uh, late in the sixth round for crying out yeah. loud. So I think those are the guys that they need to be able to find because those are the guys that will ultimately uh, take them over the top and, and help them to beat the Patriots and just have a, a good season in general. Which they've shown they can do with undrafted guys. I mean, look at Alan Hearns and then, Keelan Cole, right. you know, it, they've they've done it, but as far as in the draft, you know, those those late round guys, I mean, I'm kind of trying to think off the top of my head. I mean, Mojo uh, in the second round, that, right. um, you know, but they they've shown themselves capable of of finding talent outside outside of the draft. Um, so I mean, it's definitely it's definitely within the realm of possibility and, and, and doable for right. them. So we. Um, they definitely need we'll to see, try a, uh, a real legit based, best available player theory. Like, 
because that yeah. when you look at it that's really what helped has helped them throughout the years is like sometimes even like when they're picking early in in the draft sometimes they just took the player that fell to them that wasn't supposed to be there regardless right. of like what what the issue was like dd westbrook is a prime example they just need to do that in every round this time around. Like, yep. if somebody really good, fall, really good falls to you, you know, eat, that even includes Lamar Jackson, which they won't do. Just, just take that player because if that player has a top ten grade on them, chances are they have a better chance to be better than you know one of the guys that you have, you know, graded as a late first round pick or what have you. So, I guess time will tell yep. like what approach they truly take. But um, I think a best available, a true best available player, not best available needed player, but best available player method would really help them out this year. Yeah, and all I want to say, you know, Dave Caldwell, if you're listening, I've won five Super Bowls on Madden with Lamar Jackson. So I just <laughs> want to put it out there. It's it's, it's doable. But yeah, like uh, it's man. Talk about just trying to speak it into existence you know I don't, I don't i don't know that anybody else has just really tried to try to just make this happen and somehow send our thoughts to this front office but uh just the closer it gets i just don't think it's going to happen honestly i don't think he's going to be there at 29 i think someone's nah, either going to yeah. trade up and get him so i think someone's going to trade up to get him or they're going to take him or, or somebody's going to take him in there i saw um i saw him mock to new orleans um i saw of course uh, New England, which would be terrifying. Um, what yeah. if? Uh, um, <laughs> and they got you know, the ammo too, man. Yeah. What? What if Buffalo goes and 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 gets some? I mean, oh my gosh, San Diego picks at seventeen. They they need to start looking ahead. Um, and then Arizona picks at fifteen. I mean, they right. they still the guy they 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 hired. I mean, they they signed the most fragile quarterback in NFL history <laughs> to be their starter. So they're gonna they're going to need somebody and um i mean this um this mock that i'm looking at nfl.com it's uh charles davis has lamar jackson going 12th to buffalo that's the highest i've seen him uh mocked thus far and is just outside of the top 10 and there's gonna be this crazy rush on quarterbacks man and uh, like i said i just don't think it's i I don't think unfortunately i don't think he's gonna get to us but nah man he making it out of the top 15 even with all the like issues with not having a a manager you know, and him being hard to get a hold of because he, you know, he don't have a manager and this, that, and the other. Like, that just goes to show you, like, how how much of a commodity quarterback is. But this is a guy that he went into the draft. No manager, nobody to call to set up visits. You know what I'm saying? Like, some people reportedly haven't even been able to get a hold of Lamar Jackson, and he's still going to go in the top 15. So that just goes to show you, like, he'll be long gone before the Jags get to the board. Yep. Yep. It's uh, and, and it's and it's too bad, but you know we will uh, we will see what happened. Um, really quick, Jay. I know you and Jacob touched on it here, but I would like to go ahead and just kind of give my thoughts on the jerseys, if that's okay. That um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> I think you kind of mentioned what I had said uh, when you and Jacob were talking. It kind of felt like they had started with a template, and. Tom Coughlin walked in and he said, hey, Tom, this is, uh, you know, kind of what we're thinking as far as a base for what the jerseys are going to look like. And he just said, no, that's good. Just Send them out. On <laughs> that, that, that's it. You know, and I don't even know if he wanted to put the numbers on there. He probably thinks that's too flashy. <laughs> I'm surprised the logo was on the damn thing. I don't man, like 
Right. Oh, gosh. There was a – I think a few – maybe a month or so ago, a – um, uh, we found a a mock-up that we th- that was rumored to be the jerseys, and man, I wish and I didn't like them, but man, I wish those were our jerseys. At least they had, uh, some. At least they had a stripe. You know what I mean? They weren't. Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, I didn't think that it, the the helmet just kind of bores me. And I get it; they're trying to go back to the old school, you know, helmet. But like this team is is not old school, man. They're a new age. They're a millennial team. And just like you've said before, Dad wanted jerseys that reflected that man. Like, give us. I, I liked the old jerseys, to be honest with you, and the helmets kind of grew on me. Um, I, I didn't really notice them as much anymore, but I really enjoyed the old jerseys. I mean, there it's a. Uh, the, I really like the military theme, mm-hmm. and and uh, just kind of the overall look of them. So right. I get, I get trying to rebrand yourself, you know, trying to distance yourself from, uh, you know, from the old Jacksonville Jaguars, but this. This really didn't feel like the the right way to go, um, especially it's just like, like the Giants, man. It, it's just right. the Giants, but it's teal. You know what I'm saying? Yep. I mean, these are just Alabama jerseys. You know what I mean? I just right. it's and that's a whole uh, comparison. Oh my god! I don't ever want the Jazz compared to Alabama in anything except for yeah, winning championships. Except winning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm still gonna buy one because I'm too, a sucker. Man. <laughs> but, obviously you are you bought a Jalen Ramsey jersey when they were coming out with new ones <laughs> I know I wanted it I wanted I need I had to have it so right I might get a till when I told Jacob this man like I might get a till when despite like I think me and him did discuss this that the till is a little too light but still like I, I do like it and I like the all till uniform but it I mean I still feel it's bland but like you said I'm a sucker for NFL products and I did I see somebody mock up. Yeah, I did see somebody mock up the teal and blacks and the teal and white. And there's some potential there. There's definitely yeah. some potential. Right. I just wish I just wish they had a little bit more, uh, a little bit more attitude. I mean, but yeah, it's okay. They're gonna they're gonna change them in four years anyway. So who cares <laughs> what they look like? So yeah, this this oh, uh, man. experiment, man, it just helped me to realize like, and I didn't really notice it until like. You know, everybody started commenting on Twitter, like on on what I was saying about them, and like some people like you know the plain look and the the traditional look, and then I started to think about it. I was like, well, I mean, it makes sense because like, and and this is not to make fun of the Jags fan base, but a, a lot of people from the Jags the Jags fan base kind of are like into plain stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then like I look at myself in comparison to like kind of like how how they dress and even you like. Like we're the guys that like go to Jazz game with vibrant colors on and you know gold chains right. and and that kind of stuff like the flashy hats. So like I think it's just a big uh, in summation. I think it's just a big discrepancy in terms of the fan base of like what they like in terms of old school and new school. And, and you know we forget like the Jaguars have been around for what a long time. So there are some fans that you know like that old school look, much like Coughlin that will like differ with us on this. So, I mean, like, I think like my biggest thing is this, man, if they could have just as simple as put a few stripes on it, like the, the jerseys look totally different. If they just add a stripe here or add some borders on the number and it, I mean, they look much better than they are as Jacob said earlier today, but you know, that's just me. And and like I say, I'm still going to support them. Still going to probably buy one, probably ask Phil to get me one too while I'm in Dallas since he's getting all the money. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna still definitely rock one for sure. Here's the uh here's what I think happened is it was an overcorrection. They went very extreme 
last time, especially with the helmets. Right. And this time they went they went completely opposite where they went a little bit too safe, I think. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. Khan <sighs> even said it. He was like he felt like he messed it up when it was his chance to make the jerseys. And when that wasn't the case, like I like the over flashiness, but a lot of people told him that they didn't like it. So he was like, Okay, we gotta go old yeah. school and he got time to do it instead. Yeah, I mean I'm still Looking forward to seeing them, you know, fly around, fly around and sack Tom Brady and, and Deshaun Watson, and we'll never see Andrew Luck again, so not him. So could you could you go for that? And, um, but yeah, and of course Marcus Mariota. So, but yeah, guys. So that's just some of the stuff we wanted to touch on. As you mentioned, you know, we went on a little bit of a hiatus, but hey, we're like we're going to continue to give you up to date Jaguar news as well as give you a lot of really cool draft stuff coming up we're hoping to do like a little facebook live and give you guys an idea of what the atmosphere is out here in dallas and like i said it's gonna be a lot of fun guys so jay why don't you tell them a little bit about what we have uh what we have coming up what projects you're working on obviously once again another shout out to um our good buddy eric michael for this fire intro we we um, appreciate him so much uh for doing that and we hope to work with him a lot more coming up but jay what do we have coming up on the horizon yeah man we got uh the biggest thing is the mock drafts, which which Jacob said earlier today in the um, other podcast. He's doing the mock. Phil's working on the mock. And, of course, I'm working on my final mock. And what I might end up doing is just putting them all on one chart to compare all our draft picks, if you will. So um, definitely be on the lookout for that by um, probably tomorrow or um, late thir- early Thursday, should I say. In the morning, right. um, we'll get those up for y'all. Um, just um, aside from that, you know, just last minute draft insight, you know, on what they could do with the number twenty nine overall pick, and uh, you know, I might look into some gems they can get and uh, further research some of the the Jacksonville natives because it's, for for some reason it's a lot of Jacksonville natives in this draft, good ones too, that uh, the Jaguars could potentially get. So um. Aside from that, I mean, like it's, it's we wrapping it up, man. For the most part, at least uh, we've we've banged the table on pretty much all the content we could find in terms of mock drafts and this, that, and the other. Really, not much else to talk about, but some last minute stuff. So be on the lookout for that, and some uh, we might even do a Facebook Live uh, video or something like that as well. Yeah, just gotta give you guys a little sneak peek of my mock draft. Uh, number one, Lamar Jackson, uh, second round. <laughs> Um, number eight, Louisville quarterback, uh, and then third round, um, Jackson, comma Lamar, uh, out of uh, out of uh, yeah, out of Louisville. Um, What's his middle you name? You could, no idea. Number, but yeah, man. Um, uh, for the fourth, fourth round, whatever his middle name is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, but yeah, guys. Like I said, stay tuned for a whole bunch of draft coverage that's uh, that is coming up. I am Phil Smith, aka Phil the Filipino. That is F I L I P I N O. Um, took a little bit of a break here in April as far as comedy. Just been doing a little bit of doing a lot of open mics and honing my craft. But I do have a couple shows coming up in May that I will update y'all on uh, on my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. So, but guys, thank you so much for for joining us. Of course, make sure you check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Audio Boom. Um, we really appreciate USA Today adding our podcast to their network. But, hey, guys, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Stay safe and go Jaguars. All right. We got it.